Welcome back to another episode of Standing Room Only. I'm Jay Simmons, and I'm here with Matt Winnetoy. Um, we're looking forward to bringing you the fourth episode. Matt, how's everything going this week? Going well, Jay. Crazy we're on episode four already, eh? Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's been fun. Um, it's, has it been what you've expected so far? Oh, of course. Viewers are through the roof. Uh, you know, we're getting DMs left, right, and center here asking for more more episodes to be posted. So we're just giving the fans what they want. Yeah, and that's that's really what we're in the business of doing, right, is, is pleasing the fans. So, um, yeah, how's uh, how's your work week been this, I guess, last week and, and into this week? It's been good. It's been good. Uh, you know, watching a lot of hockey, catching up on highlights while I do work. And um, I think we have a lot of exciting things to, to touch on this episode. So let's get into it. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about... Um what we're doing this episode. So we're actually not having a guest on this episode where it's, it's just you and me. Um, we're just going to talk, uh, we're just going to talk hockey and uh, hopefully our fans like, and we'd love to get some feedback on, you know, if, if they like having guests every time or uh, if they like kind of throwing in these random episodes of us, just talking and giving our input on things. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to hear your feedback on what you think about, you know, just Jay and myself talking about hockey. We promise you we're going to have guests on in the future. And, uh, you know, we're going to have some players lined up, some exciting guests coming on soon. But, uh, yeah, we wanted to take some time, you know, through these episodes to just talk hockey too. And, and I think that's what we're going to do today. Yeah, all right. So let's get right into some current news uh, from around the league. Uh, did you get a chance to see Jordan Bennington uh, for St. Louis attempt to fight all of San Jose? Oh, man, how could I miss that? It was all over my social media feeds in the morning after. And uh, I don't know what happened or what triggered him. All I see was uh, it looked like he got kicked out of the game or he was getting pulled. And um, he kind of circled back, gave a jab to one of the Sharks players and then continued back to the bench, gave a jab to another player, and then went down to fight Dubnik. And uh, Dubnik's comment after the game was pretty funny, you know, kind of chirping Bennington for being 165, soaking wet, <laughs> trying to pick a fight with the whole team. But uh, I thought it was pretty comical to see a goalie kind of lose it like that. Um, from what I've heard, he's a weird dude in general. But uh, what were your thoughts on that, Jay? I mean, it must have been one of those things where he was skating back to his bench after being pulled, and I think the other team's bench was maybe giving it to him a bit, and he turn back which is never a smart idea to do is turn back and challenge the whole bench um especially as a goalie and again as a as a smaller goalie but yeah it was pretty funny with him you know skating around trying to throw punches if, if you can even call it that uh, to a bunch of the sharks players so that was that gave us a good laugh i thought we'd start the episode with that one um what about Claude Julien uh, fired from Montreal? So um, I think he was only there for a couple seasons, maybe three seasons now, and and uh, he got fired. What do you think? One, a great coach too. So yeah, a great coach. I think he's really well respected around the league. And you know, a couple episodes ago, we gave some really high praise to Montreal and uh, how they looked. You know, their young guns were really firing, and they're they're beating you know. Um, the best teams in the north but once they started to slip it looked like Julian didn't really have the longest of leashes there and um, for whatever reasons it was the it was an internal decision to let him go and bring in uh, a new face and it, it could be the thing that sparks Montreal to to kind of catapult them back up the north division they've been slipping a bit what were your thoughts on that yeah uh, I was pretty surprised by it honestly um, I know Montreal's been not playing well lately and it's a short season so um, you know, Montreal probably wants to get ahead of a, a slump before it really starts, but just really surprised. Cause you know, I didn't think Montreal was going to be that good this year anyways. And then 
you know, they started off so hot that it seems a little quick to me to, you know, kind of throw in the towel on, on Julian. Um, and then it really makes me think like Bergevin, like the GM in Montreal, uh, this has got to be his last chance of with a new coach, I would think. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, how long do you let the GM kind of go there with, without having any success, really? So, um, yeah, I think later on in the episode, we're going to talk about some fan questions. And I know there was one, one of the questions was about Montreal. So maybe we'll save kind of our chatter about that uh, until then. Um, but let's move on to another team. They're, they're doing really well right now. Another team that I didn't think was going to be that good this year, but uh, that's the Minnesota Wild. They're actually on a six-game winning streak lately, and they're looking pretty good. So uh, have you been able to watch any of their games, and, and what are your thoughts on them? Yeah, you know what? They look great. They're they're an exciting team to watch. They have some really good young talent there, and then they also have those veterans that, that you kind of need to put together a winning streak like this. But Minnesota's an interesting team. Every year, they're kind of in that like seven, eight, nine seed range in the West and, uh, you know, are kind of a first round exit playoff team. But the six game win streak and, and they're beating good teams, too. You know, they're they're fighting Vegas for the first place in the West Division right now. And it'll be interesting to see if they can finally get over that hump and, and maybe make a run in the playoffs. They they look destined for the playoffs. Um, what are your thoughts on Minnesota this year? How do you think they look? Is this kind of a fluky streak or do you think they're here to stay moving forward um i I don't think they're gonna be any contender this year um i I think they're gonna they have a pretty good future or they're starting to build a good future uh kaprazov's exciting player um there they have some other good young guys and then they have some old guys that are kind of having resurgences uh, in the last few weeks so it's fun to see again like you said they always sneak into playoffs um which i think they might do again this year but then i don't think they really have that deep of a team to go too far so um, it will be interesting to watch though as the year goes on uh, if they can kind of keep up this play to see how well they actually do absolutely yeah no that's uh it's really interesting they're a fun team to watch um next thing we wanted to talk about i have to ask you jay is uh jeff skinner so he signed an eight-year 72 million dollar contract with buffalo he's currently 28 years old and i don't even think he's cracking the roster right now um you know, he's getting healthy scratched and most nights in Buffalo and Buffalo by no means is winning a lot of games right now. What are your thoughts on Skinner? Do you think this is a, a slump he can break out of or is this, you know, maybe one of the worst contracts in the NHL right now? No, this is the worst contract in the NHL for sure right now. Um, yeah, like Skinner gets traded from Carolina. What was that like four years ago, three years ago, maybe um, has one season with Buffalo where he scores 40 goals, um, which Playing with Eichel shouldn't really count to it. I mean, 40 goals is 40 goals, but, I mean, you give me a stick and put me on Eichel's wing, I'm probably scoring at least five. So uh, some NHL players should be scoring more than that. Maybe five's a little generous for me. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it's the worst contract, and he's not even playing, and they're paying him $9 million a season. Um, and it just goes to show, like, you can't pay a guy just based on one year of stats. Um, he had one good season and got paid big for it. And mm-hmm. now they're stuck with that contract. I mean, unless they buy him out or something or move it, like, that's a big contract on a team that's brutal right now. So Terrible. It, it's going to hurt them as they try and rebuild. Like, I thought they had a great offseason, to be honest. I, I thought they won the offseason at one point. I was like, you know, they got Hull on that free, as a free agent. They had a pretty good draft, I thought, all this stuff. But they really, like, again, they're bad this year. Eichel, now he's not going to stay around for very long if they continue to be this bad. So 
No, I agree. And I, I, I guess a follow-up question to that, and I'll bring Bobrovsky as another example to this. Um, another player who signs this multi-year long contract for, I think his average uh, annual value is around $9 million. Do you think teams will start straying away from you know, signing these so-called, I guess, kind of star players or on the brink of an all-star type player to these long-term deals? Because as you can see with these two guys, it's a huge risk. Or or do you think they're more of outliers in this situation and it's always good to lock up your best players for a long time? I think it's, you know, it, it gives warning to teams to not to be careful of who they sign long-term and for big money. Um, I think over the next couple of years, we're going to have a flat salary cap in the NHL. So I uh, probably won't see actually that many big, big contracts unless it is for like a top guy, right? Um, yeah, I, I think it's hard because, you know, you, you got to keep your best players around in order to have a successful team. And in order to keep good players, you need to pay them, right? And they're going to get paid in free agency if you don't. So it's always tough that way. But like Jeff Skinner for nine or whatever, $9 million a year is ridiculous. Like, even with a 40 goal season, it's, 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 there's no way he deserves that much. Even if he is scoring 40 on any given season, like nine million is a lot of dollars. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's, was a terrible, tr- uh, signing for them and, uh, it's going to hurt them for many years to come. So, Hey, that's Buffalo for you though. Oh, it's, uh, it would suck to be a Sabres fan, I think, but <laughs> big time. Um, yeah, moving on to, uh, Something that came up this week, and, and we talked about him last week playing his 1,000th game in Sidney Crosby, but uh, this week was the 11th anniversary of the golden goal um, where Crosby scored uh, in overtime to beat the States in the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver. Uh, Matt, I think everybody can kind of remember where they were watching this goal. Um, do you remember where you were? I think I was with you, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you were at my house, actually. We were having... Uh, we had some family friends over and we were doing like kind of a watching party for it uh, in our, in our basement. We all went pretty nuts when he scored. What a goal. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's been 11 years, I guess. Back then watching that goal, we still had NHL aspirations ourselves. And uh, he was kind of, I think he was 22 at the time. So it's crazy to see, you know, like throwing a name in the mix, like Jerome McGinley feeding him that pass. Like that guy's been pretty irrelevant for, a good six or seven years so it's crazy how quick time passes and uh but it's always good to relive that memory you know what an incredible opportunity for for Sid and uh you know Team Canada at that Olympics so can't believe it's been 11 years but uh I still don't get bored watching that highlight that's for sure yeah definitely I don't know if uh, I quite had the NHL aspirations 11 years ago um I was just trying to figure out how to spell my name still so um <laughs> still trying still trying yeah, still still trying to figure that one out uh and still no aspirations to go to the nhl so um that's good but some aspirations i do have include you know maybe coaching being a being in management and, and one thing i'm doing right now is uh assistant gm with the local junior c team like i've mentioned so just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that too you know get your thoughts on even minor hockey and stuff that's going on right now with covid um how you think it's going to affect you know, this year and this kind of draft class going into the OHL, going into, you know, all the CHL leagues, going into the NHL from the those junior leagues that aren't playing. Like, just give us your thoughts on that and how you think it's going to affect, uh, you know, the years to come. Yeah, well, obviously, it's been such a weird year with COVID. And um, really, every league has been hit at some level and others more than more so than than the NHL and the American Hockey League, which, you know, found a way to make things work. But you think about junior hockey and all these kids and, um, 
you know, looking back to your draft year to the OHL or NHL, you know, you're in your mid to early teens. You know, I think you get drafted to the OHL around 16 years old. And, you know, two years later is your NHL draft. There's, you know, so much growing, so much development. And, um, you know, having junior hockey as a platform to really show scouts what you do, even from one year to the next. Um, I think every NHL draft has some some late bloomers and players that really break out in their draft year that that establish themselves as, you know, um, high prospects. So for those kids not having the opportunity and, you know, Jay, even thinking back to like our minor hockey days, that that was like the best part of our weeks, you know, like you circle the days when you have practices or games at night, you know, on the calendar and, and you look forward to those. So you got to feel for all these kids, you know, from novice to to the OHL really without uh, without being able to play hockey this year. And there's going to be some major implications. Like, what do you think the NHL draft's going to look like this year with, uh, you know, scouts really scrambling to kind of get a good grasp of like who's at the top and especially like those mid-round draft picks too. Yeah, uh, I don't know how scouts are going to, even prepare for the draft like they haven't been able to watch any of these guys play all year so uh that's gonna be really tough i don't really know how you fix that like i I wonder you know if they just you still do the draft based on what they've scouted so far and you know they're scouting these guys ever since they're you know 12 13 14 years old so they still have some sense of who can play and who can't but a lot does change in your draft year right like that's a big year for a lot of guys as an 18 year old they're changing their bodies are changing and stuff so um a lot can change so it's going to be interesting to see how they go about dealing with that um one thing i was reading actually the other day and i thought it was interesting was um combining draft classes so actually just pushing this draft class off till next year uh, and then doing you know doing two years in one which would give it quite a different a look and approach having younger guys and older guys and you know and that but what, what are your thoughts on that do you think there's anything that could work along those lines well that's the first i've heard of that that's uh that's actually really interesting and and if that flies and they maybe kind of bypass the nhl draft this year and let those prospects stay in the junior ranks for another year you know from a front office perspective i would be doing whatever i can to load up on draft picks you know yeah. um especially if you're a rebuilding team you think about like you know, these second, third round picks could be, you know, respective first rounders if we didn't combine the two draft classes. So it could be a hidden gem of a draft um, in that case. And uh, that'll be really interesting to see if that happens. You know, it would be tough for those, you know, top flight prospects that are probably good enough to play in the NHL next year if they have to wait. You know, what do they choose to do? Do they choose to play you know, major junior again, do they choose to maybe go over to Europe, kind of like what Matthews did and a couple of other prospects. And, and, uh, but yeah, that would be exciting, you know, if, if they were to combine two draft classes and just make it a mega draft. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't know if it ever could work. Like, that'd be really hard to figure out. Just, I guess, maybe not. Maybe it's you just throw everyone into the draft class and they can pick at will and stuff but yeah it would be a frenzy to go grab second round third round picks because you'd be getting some really good players fall down there it'd be it'd be interesting to see but uh i don't know if it was a very reliable source that i was reading that from so we'll see (laughs) but yeah let's uh why don't we move on to some uh fan questions that we've actually had come up so we did an instagram story uh question kind of survey and tried to see if anyone had any questions for us and we actually got some good responses. So why don't we just go through those? Um, I have a list here and, and we'll go through, I haven't shown any of these to you, so it's all going to be new. So yeah, I'll just, just 
first thing that comes to your head let's let's go with that i guess um but fire let's get, away fire yeah away. let's let's get started so the first question we got here is actually from zamboni 737 that's their name um i don't know if that's a sounds like it's a co- combination of a zamboni and a boeing jet i don't know but anyways they asked what do you think will happen uh if teams keep getting postponements that's a good question like you're starting to see it now um especially with the contact tracing, if there's a couple positive cases, um, you know, they'll really shut things down for the entire organization if they have to and, and just postpone games. Uh, but I think what they'll do is, um, you know, kind of follow the, the model of what the NBA is doing right now. They've also had a lot of teams missing games. And I guess the, the first th- the first alternative you put in, in your mind, Jay, is like, if you have to extend the regular season a bit, you want every team to finish their games. I don't think it's worth punishing teams for, you know, co- positive COVID cases and, and having to forfeit games. So, um, you know, keeping all the players safe and worst case scenario, having to extend the regular season a few weeks, it's not going to be the end of the world. And, uh, you know, um, they can probably expedite the playoffs too. I'm not sure if they're going to go to a bubble format again or leave it as is. And, uh, and kind of go go from there. What are your thoughts on on uh, kind of like how the NHLs handled COVID and and what may happen? Yeah, um, I think to touch on your point, kind of you know the season getting extended. I think they'll push it back a couple weeks. Um, I do know that uh, there's only a certain amount of time they can push it back. They have to be done by a certain day with their um, the television rights agreement that they have and stuff like that. So um, we might see like I know teams like Dallas. Uh, I think New Jersey, they've missed a lot of games um, and it's going to be tough to, it's going to be tough for them to make up all those games. So we might have to see where they, um, you know, they shut it down at at a certain point and it's, it's not based on wins or points. It's based on like winning percentage. I know um, baseball did that a bit. And I know, I think basketball maybe did that last year in the bubble. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think the NHL that would work? You know, if, if, teams have less games played you just go to a winning percentage thing to figure out who's in the playoffs yeah that's tough like i guess you got to think like having a rule change like that unless all 30 you know how many teams are there in the nhl 32 30 31 31 i think 32 with seattle next year yeah 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 yeah. okay if all 31 teams agree then yeah no absolutely it's it's a really good solution but uh that's going to be the thing if you're like on that fringe of the playoffs and you may have more points but and more games played but you actually get bumped out for winning percentage it's like that's kind of a sticky situation i don't know how the league kind of gets around that i'm not sure if it's been agreed upon but uh they might have to resort to that especially if things get worse like uh i guess keep our keep our fingers crossed that uh um there there's not too many more postponed games moving forward yeah, it's been nice for the Canadian division uh, that they actually haven't had any delays, really. So it uh, looks like the Leafs are going to get to finish all their games before playoffs. Uh, but let's move on to another fan question. Uh, this one comes from Eric underscore Walker, uh, who I actually know from Guelph. Um, but his question is, will the Habs turn it around and make playoffs this year? It's a good question, Eric. That's a good question. It's something I ask myself every night, too. <laughs> um, well, they're on a five-game losing streak right now. And you look at the teams behind them in the north. So they're right in the middle of the pack and the seven teams in the north. And we have Calgary, Vancouver, and Ottawa behind them. I think it's safe to say the Sens aren't playing in any playoff game anytime soon. Um, So you look at the Flames and you look at the Canucks. um, Both have a lot of firepower, but I wouldn't argue that any of them are better than the Habs. So it's going to be really interesting. You know, the new coaching change, um, they still look like the same team as before. Carey Price has been 
on and off, I'd say, this year. He hasn't been quite what he has been in the past, but uh, they're going to be right on the brink. I don't want to be that guy and kind of give like a, a mediocre 50-50 answer, but if I if I was a betting man, I'd say no. I would see the Habs continue to slip, especially you know having to play Toronto, Winnipeg, and Edmonton a lot more, but it's going to be close for sure. What are, what are your thoughts, Jay? Yeah, I, I would agree. I don't think... I would bet no. Um, I think... I don't think their team's actually that good, so I think they're they're kind of trending more to where they should be. I think, honestly, they're just above Ottawa in that bottom, I think, personally. But um, it, it will be interesting to see with the new coach coming in, if they find a new coach, or I think they might be using their assistant coach till the end of the season. Um, people speak really highly of him, but um, I'm, uh, I'm going to say no for the Habs. Um, they're not going to turn around. I think they're going to continue to slip, uh, and I think their players had a hot start that they're not going to continue uh, as the season progresses. So, sorry, Eric. I know you're a Habs fan, but uh, no playoffs for you this year, I'm guessing. Habs fans are wild in general. They're not going to like that answer. I think they think they're in the top two or three teams every year, and they continuously don't make playoffs. So, a little delusional over in Montreal, but hey, what can you do? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like they might say the same thing about us as Leafs fans, that we're a little delusional that we keep showing up after all this time of no Stanley Cup. But... Uh, <laughs> I agree. I uh, I think Habs fans are, are some of the most stubborn fans out there. So, um, Okay, moving on. Let's go to – we had this question come up a couple times actually. So uh, sorry, I'm not going to give a shout-out to all the people who, who sent it in. But uh, just comparing Matthews and McDavid and, and having that conversation. Is there even a conversation uh, or is McDavid still the number one in the NHL? Well, you can compare them, but I think it's pretty cut and dry who the best player is in the NHL. It's Connor McDavid. I think – you know, you look at him and he's someone that I think whenever he's on the ice, um, he, he's such a game changer and, and it can be done, you know, with the help of his teammates or he's always due um, to kind of walk end to end and score this kind of highlight real goal. So for me, it's no question Connor McDavid is just in, in a tier of his own. Matthews is incredible. This is coming from a Leafs fan. I love Matthews. You know, this goal per game rate he's at right now is absolutely like astronomical to think about. And, um, you know, he's playing well, but you just look at like average ice time for him and, you know, him playing with kind of the personnel he gets to. I think if you're thinking just pound for pound, you have to go McDavid over Matthews. And it's it's not close in my opinion. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, I mean... I would definitely say there is a conversation there between uh, McDavid and Matthews, but I'd really only say there is one because if it's not Matthews, there's no one else in that conversation, I don't think. Um, Those two have really kind of gone up to a league of their own this year, um, setting some pretty remarkable paces for uh, points and goals. I know some people are saying that it's in an easy division and you know it's only against some bad teams in Canada and all that, but I don't care. You could be playing the worst team in the NHL for all 82 games in a season or 50 whatever we have this year and you know if they're putting up that those numbers against that bad team it's still impressive so um again i i think there's a conversation to be had there but i agree i think mcdavid's kind of a clear number one still all around hockey player so um that's my input there moving on let's go to uh tonka ted underscore 26 uh he asked for our favorite hockey memory as either a fan or as a player um, so I don't know if you have something off the top of your head. Um, I'll start this one off actually, cause I have something that I, I've already thought of. Um, and that's pretty simple for me was the, you know, the world junior, uh, 2009 world juniors, Canada versus Russia game. 
Uh, I was there with my cousin and my dad and my brother. Uh, we were sitting, I think, five rows up when Eberly scored, you know, in the last second to tie it up and send it to send it to the shootout. I think it ended up going to a shootout and uh, Canada won, which is pretty exciting. I think it's one of the greatest World Juniors goals for uh, Canadian World Junior history, and it's pretty crazy being in that that arena in Ottawa and uh, and experiencing that. How about you? You got anything you can think of? Well. That's a good question. Let me preface this by saying, uh, Jay, we played a lot of our minor hockey together and we didn't win too much. A uh, couple heartbreakers, couple heartbreakers. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to bring up something from my own career, but this is going way back. But uh, my parents actually took me to the 2004 World Cup of Hockey in, in Toronto. I think I was eight years old at the time. Um, so I got to watch the semis and the finals and um so Canada actually beat Finland in that game 3-2. I think Finny LeCavalier, that's a name you haven't heard in a while. I think he popped two that game. And, you know, seeing that as like an eight-year-old was something that always stuck with me and uh, was probably my favorite hockey memory to date. Yeah, and I think that might have been the year Vinny LeCavalier was on NHL, wasn't it? NHL 04, or was that NHL 05 with Vinny on the cover? Oh, I think Vinny was 04. Yeah, that was a big year for Vinny. Uh, he he really peaked then. Uh, that was also that was also maybe the best NHL game ever. You could play the three-on-three with the big heads and all that stuff. Oh, oh yeah, was, awesome soundtrack, yeah. too. Oh, yeah, unreal. Um, okay, well, anyways, let's keep <laughs> moving. Um, this one comes from Josh underscore shop 14, another guy from Guelph that I know. Um, he said, who should I bet on to win the cup? He's a big betting man. So Josh is looking for some advice on who he should put his money down. Do you got anyone off the top or, uh, I can also, I found this photo this week. It gives, uh, the odds. It was on TSN. It gave the odds for Stanley cup winners, the adjusted ones. So let me just go through that quick and then I'll get your input on it. Um, so the number one odds we have, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, they're plus 750 to, to win the cup. Uh, right behind them, the Leafs and Boston and Vegas and Colorado are all tied uh, at plus 800. So just, you know, pretty similar to Tampa. So pretty close kind of among those top five teams. So that, again, that's Tampa, Leafs, Boston, Vegas, Colorado. Uh, then we start seeing kind of a fall off in, in odds. Uh, it goes to Carolina at 1,200. Um, then Montreal at 1,600. You know, hopefully that maybe this isn't up to date totally because that might not adjust for the slump they're in right now. Uh, Philly plus two thousand, St. Louis and Edmonton also at plus two thousand. So, yeah, who who would you bet on? Um, you know, maybe give your you who you think is the favorite to win, and then who you would put as a sleeper. Yeah. Um, judging by those odds, the one that sticks out to me is Colorado. You think about McKinnon that missed a few weeks during the season, and I think they're sitting in fourth in the division right now, but they have as best, you know, as odds as anyone in the league of winning this year. They have such a skilled team, and uh, they're kind of built to to make a run in the playoffs, in my opinion. So I think they're plus 800. I Honestly, Jay, um, you know, I would throw some money down on all those. I don't know how wide you're spreading yourself here, Josh, but uh, if you're a D-Gen gambler, like I think you may be, um, spread yourself wide across the 800 and... And for a flyer, um, I think the Winnipeg Jets would be a fun flyer. I don't know. I don't know if they can make a run, but um, they're they're a team that's hot right now. Dubois looks to really have given them a spark. And and you think you look at that lineup? They got the forward offensive firepower to do it. Connor Hellebuck's one of the best goalies in the league, in my opinion. And uh, I don't know. I'd be throwing some money down on them. What are your thoughts? Who do you got uh, in terms of betting for futures, Jay? I just love that you are you're jumping on the Jets bandwagon that I brought up in episode one. 
I just love to see it. Um, and, and I can't don't wait. remember that. Yeah, don't I remember can't that. wait at the end of the season. I can rub it in your face that I, that I called that one. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, there's kind of this, this group of teams that's jumped out as, you know, the heavy favorites. Um, and it's actually really close. I mean, I don't follow betting too closely on, on these odds on a yearly basis, but, um, it seems like, you know, having five teams all with pretty much the exact same odds at the top uh, means it's it's going to be a pretty exciting playoffs, I think, this year. So, um, I mean, I, I optimistically, I, I would say Josh put it on Leafs because, you know, we got to we got to support local and we got to, you know, give them all the all the help we can get. But um, as a flyer, um, I think, honestly, Edmonton, like. I would still put Edmonton up at the top of the conversation in, in the North Division. Um, I'm surprised their odds are so much lower than the Leafs. Um, I don't know, maybe it, they, they don't have the goaltending or, or the defense. I don't know what it is, but they still have you know two of the top probably five players in the world right now. Um, and they seem like they're trying they're they're figuring out a bit with their defense and and everything else. So I would maybe put a flyer on them. Uh, plus two thousand odds is actually pretty good, so you can make some money, Josh, there. Um, any, any other thoughts just to wrap up that kind of betting, uh, uh, take Matt? Well, my initial thought is we basically just told Josh to bet the entire North division and hopefully one hits, but, uh, I don't know how good of betting advice that was, but, um, yeah, I think the NHL is going to be interesting this year. Obviously there's probably not going to be fans for playoffs again. And it's funny how one team can get hot and, and kind of come out of nowhere. You look at Dallas last year. Obviously, they didn't win, but I don't think many people – I know you did, Jay. Um, I'll, I'll give you some a little shout-out for that. But not many people had them pegged to make the finals. I know I didn't. So you really never know. And um, um, it's worth taking some of those bigger odds because it's not like other sports. You know, you think about NBA, NFL, where it's kind of the clear-cut favorites in every finals. Uh these uh these kind of sleeper picks can really make a run in the NHL if they catch fire at the right time. Awesome, yeah. Okay, let's do one more fan question. Uh, this one comes from Maddie Snoops, sweet name, um, and and they ask, what team has the brightest future of core talent? Brightest future of core talent? Like what what time frame are we talking here, Maddie? Let's. He doesn't say, but let's say you know what team looks like in five years they're going to be the best. Let's not overthink this here. Look at Toronto Maple Leafs core. You think about Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Willie Nylander, Morgan Riley. They're all still going to be in their mid, maybe late 20s in three to five years. Um, that is kind of like still in your peak of your of your career. Uh, they're already first in the North right now. And, and you think about them looking forward. I think they're a team that's really going to have a really bright future. Uh, I also really like Colorado in that aspect. Kale McCarr, Nate McKinnon, Rantanen. They've built a really good core. And a good thing about what Colorado's done is they have McKinnon and Rantanen on really cheap deals compared to a lot of stars in the NHL. So they're going to be able to be that team to bring in potentially another great player moving forward and kind of keep building on this. So I have a buddy who's a huge Avs fan. He's going to be gloating when he hears this, but but the Avs will be good for a few years to come. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, so to touch kind of on your points, um, I think the Leafs' core is the most promising, uh, like you said. Be interesting to see if they can keep it all together and, and what they're going to have to do with the salary cap. Um, I think that's going to be the one thing that kind of holds them back from keeping all those guys together and being the best team uh, still in five years. 
Um, Colorado, I think, has done a lot better of a job, like you said, getting some cheaper contracts and, and kind of paying guys less probably than they needed or they should have uh, and what those guys could have got. But um, I think they're going to be good. But I'm going to actually go even more kind of, you know, futuristic and, and looking kind of at, at teams that are bad now. Um, and I really – and I, it's going to suck to say, but I really do like what the Senators are building. Um you know, they have Shabbat on, on the back end who plays like 35 minutes a night, who's going to be a big piece for them, obviously, for a long time moving forward. Um, then they have guys like Stutzel and, and Kachuk um, on the front end, which, you know, those two, I don't know if you've seen anything around them, but they kind of have a bromance going right now, so it's fun to watch. But they're both so skilled and, and such good young hockey players that, like, their future is really bright with those two there. Um, and then they have Matt Murray and Nat, who he's had a little bit of a rough, you know, couple of years, but... He's played on some bad defensive teams. So I think he's still a good goalie. He's only 26 years old. So, you know, in five years, he'll be at 31. Hopefully that core group of guys, you know, they're at their 24, 25. And, and I think they're going to be a, a good team for a long time with, with that core. No, I totally agree with that. I have to add in, too, I completely forgot. One sleeper to that question will be the Devils. I think Heesher and Jack Hughes are going to be incredible for the next 10 years, probably. They're really starting to break out now. And uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, their goalie is uh, – a young stud. I think he's really gotten an opportunity with Corey Crawford taking, I think retiring actually. So he's been the, the go-to starter there. Um, you know, ex world junior guy, um, high draft pick. So they're going to be, they're going to really, you know, keep that core together for a long time. And they're also a team that I could see slipping down the standings and somehow having another top five, top seven pick in this year's draft too. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on, and before we wrap up, let's do a couple um, of our segments that we've been doing on a weekly basis. So the first one let's do is our fantasy corner, so we'll each give our stud and dud of the week. So do you want to start us off there? My stud of the week. We've talked a lot about the Minnesota Wild this year. I'm going to go with Matt Zuccarello. He's, I believe he's the NHL third star of the week last week. He's putting up one or two points a game over there, playing on the top line with Minnesota. And uh, 33 years young, but still performing like he's in the peak of his career. So that's my fantasy stud. And he's not too owned in a lot of leagues. So go searching for your waiver wire. He could be someone that could be a league winner down the stretch. Who do you got, Jay? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, Sad, actually. I, I'm in a dynasty keeper league um, where we keep everybody, you know, year after year. And I had Zuccarello in the off season and I just let him go. Cause I was like, ah, he's not going to do anything. He's 33. So that one hurts a bit. Um, I haven't actually went and looked back to see if he's still available, but maybe I should go pick him up. Um, my stud this week. And um, it's more about the timing rather than anything is actually uh, Tarasenko from St. Louis. Uh, he's been hurt. He had three shoulder shoulder surgeries uh, in the last couple of years. And, but it looks like he's back on the icy game with his team. And, you know, He's a he's a proven NHL goal scorer, so it'd be exciting to see him come back. And you know he might be available in some leagues, or you may be able to trade for him. I think now is probably the time to buy him before you know he comes back and uh, starts putting the puck in the back of that. I also have him in fantasy, so I'm going to use this as a little bit of a way to boost his value up to tra- try and trade him if anyone wants him. So uh, if anyone's listening, let's let's make a deal. But uh, yeah, how about you? Uh, what's who's your dot of the week? Dot of the week. Uh... A lot of Habs talk today um, is going to be Carey Price. He's he's really slipped this year. Um, you know, I know I touched on it a bit earlier. He's uh, 
He's not getting a ton of wins this year. Montreal as a whole doesn't look great, and they're really confident in starting Jake Allen every second or third game. So in fantasy, what you really are looking for in a goalie is, is someone that consistently starts. You know, you think of like the top guys, Grubauer, Vasilevsky. Those are the guys you're really looking to reach for, and I know Carey Price was someone that was drafted in that tier and, and really hasn't performed to that level. Um, I think his last five or six games, he only has one regulation win, so... He's been a letdown for sure on my roster, um, but yeah, hopefully he'll him and Montreal would turn it, turn it around. What about you, Jay? Who's your dad of the week? Yeah, it's funny. We didn't actually talk about these before, but I'm also going uh, to the Habs uh, for this one. So Sorry, <laughs> sorry Josh. Uh, sorry, Eric. No, it was Eric. Yeah, Eric. Sorry, Eric. Uh, tough episode to listen to for you but uh, and any other Habs fans out there, but I'm going to Ch- Jeff Petrie. I think we talked about him uh, maybe a couple episodes ago, how he was doing so well. Um, and he was, but I, I was saying it the whole time. There's no way that he was, he's actually that good. Um, the puck was going in the net for him. Like, like no problem. I mean, he's still getting points here and there, but I think you're going to see as they start sliding as a team. Um, I think you're going to see him declining. He's also 33. Uh, so, you know, probably, probably slow down as the season goes on with the, the tough schedule, but that's my dud of the week. I think if you have him, trade him now good time to get rid of him and his value is probably higher than it will be in a couple months or so. So, um, but yeah, that's anything else on the fantasy front. Nope. That's it for me. Suffered my first loss last week, putting my team to five and one this year. So you guys got to take our advice. You know, we're both sitting, I think firmly atop of the, of our respective fantasy leagues. So yeah, well, it's actually a rebuilding year a bit for me, but I am, I am pushing for playoffs, which is big. So um, which I didn't think my team would be at this year, but hey, Matthews helps there. So anything can happen. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's wrap it up by just going quickly through our uh, trophy winners and our division winners um, that we kind of put out in our first episode at the beginning of the season and, and just see how we're doing. We'll go through fairly quickly because I know it gets pretty repetitive for our listeners. So uh, quickly, just to go through all the divisions, I'll, I'll kind of just name them off. We don't need to talk about them too too much unless there's someone you really want to point out. Um, but we'll start in the North division. Uh, we both said Toronto. I put my dark horse as Winnipeg. Um, right now we have, you know, the Leafs firmly, uh, atop the North division, uh, with then a gap between them and Edmonton and Winnipeg, uh, respectively behind them in two and three. Um, yeah. Anyone surprise you in this division? Um, or, or pretty status quo. Uh, the only team that surprised me so far is the Leafs, but in the best way possible. They've been pretty banged up more so than any other team in the North, and they're still sitting firmly at t- in first place by actually six points over Edmonton. So that's all that's to be said there. They they look like they should hold on if they can stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving over to the East. Um, so far, I, I, I forget who you said for this one. Did you say Boston, I think, for this? Yeah, I think I said Boston. I don't know. I don't remember, but um, you did say the Pens great. would miss. You you did say the Pens would miss the playoffs. That was your hot take, which they are just outside the playoffs right now. But it's it's pretty close with Washington, uh, Boston, Islanders, Philly, and Pittsburgh all uh, within five points at the top there. So, well, I didn't know they were going to bring in old man Brian Burke to shake things up there. So he might be the the key piece getting them in the playoffs. But I'm going to ride that ride that prediction out and see. Um, they're they're right on the brink of missing the playoffs. So Tristan Yari still looks like crap to me. So I'll, I'll ride that pick out. Yeah, they're still you know they're they're trending up Pittsburgh, but um, they still have quite a quite a ways to go before they can you know firm their place in the playoffs. But that's gonna be an interesting division to follow. 
Uh, okay, Central Division, um, you said Tampa Bay, I said Carolina. Right now, there's four teams within two points at the top. Uh, that's Tampa, Florida, Chicago, and Carolina. So both our teams there. Um, Tampa's looking really good. Carolina's looking really good. And surprisingly to me, Florida's looking like uh, a top team, actually. And I think they played less games than most of those other teams, and they're still kind of right around them with points. So, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that division? Uh, anyone surprise you? Well, the Blackhawks are in third place right now. That's surprising. I know they've played a lot more games than than the other teams at the top, but to me, it's Tampa's the clear cut um, best team in the division. They just beat Carolina in back to back games, I believe, and beat them pretty handily. I might add. So they ride out Vasilevsky. He basically plays every game, and um, they're not super healthy right now, and they still look dominant. So that's kind of my clear cut in the Central. You have any thoughts on on the other teams? Yeah, no, a good point on Chicago. Uh, I've had a lot of fun watching them um, as I have some of their players in fantasy. So I've been watching a lot of them this year and, and, and they've, they've been fun to watch. Um, and they always will be with guys like Patrick Kane and Debrinket on their on their team. Um, okay, heading over to the West. Um, this has been a fun division. We actually thought this division wouldn't be that fun at the beginning of the year, but uh, it's actually been a pretty fun division to follow. Uh, right now, we, well, we both said, you know, Colorado would be in first at the end of the year. Um Right now, Vegas is, but you know, there's three points that separates Vegas, Minnesota, St. Louis, Colorado, and L.A. Um, I think some surprises there with L.A. and Minnesota coming up into that group. Uh, but making it more interesting, um, do you still think Colorado is going to take this division, or are you starting to change your mind? I think the best team in the division is Colorado. I am starting to change my mind. I think Vegas is a really good regular season team. I think they ride that goalie tandem. Um and they do it in a great way. You know, both goalies are great there. And they're built for the regular season. And, and they look tough every night. But if, if I had to place my money on one of those two teams winning the cup, I'm still going Colorado. So I'll, I'll ride them out. And, um, you know, they're healthy again with McKinnon back. So so they could easily take top of that division. Yeah, I agree. I think Colorado's still the heavy favorites there. So, um, okay, well, you know what? I, I said we might do our trophies. I, I think we should maybe just save them for next week. Um, I think that's probably a good spot to end it unless you disagree unless you want to do them this week no we'll, we'll wait and uh you know they'll be highly anticipated for episode five i know you guys are just craving to hear our trophy predictions but we're we're gonna hold off for another week on those yeah yeah but um yeah we really appreciate again all the listeners all the support uh feel free to give us a follow subscribe uh instagram at standing room only underscore pod all of the above review still no one's left us a review uh, we're still waiting for our first uh, eagerly. Yes, go leave a review. Um, but thank you to everyone who's listened and to who's supported us so far. It's been awesome. And uh, we, we love, uh, you know, bringing you guys content each week and answering a lot of your questions too. Yeah, I think we'll continue to do the fan questions. Um, I think it's a great way to have some topics and interact with the fans. Um, and, and let us know what you think about, you know, not having a guest. Um, again, we're going to still... We still have plans to do a lot of guests, and we have some still lined up, so um, we're not planning to get rid of that, but just wanted to get some feedback on if people like this concept as well. Absolutely. Anything else, Jay, before we wrap up here? No, I think uh, I hope everyone has a good week. Stay safe. Um, you know, Keep watching hockey, and, and feel free to reach out to us. Awesome. See you guys next week.